0: been another jam-packed weekend of football here in southeast East as the FFA Cup qualifying comes to a close once again for 2021. That plus a whole bunch of NPL women's full round of that and some catch-up games. Adam, it's been another massive, massive weekend.
1: It has been. Um, obviously, we now know the identity of the five uh, FFA Cup representatives for Queensland. Uh, obviously, Brisbane Raw, uh, the A-League side, qualified uh, weeks ago by virtue of their fourth place in in the A League, but uh, yeah, we had four, four so fairly um, yeah, interesting uh, cup ties
0: over this weekend. Absolutely, and there's three teams who've been there once before, before, and there's a new name joining the list of Queensland clubs who've made it to the National Round of 32. Which we'll go through all that in a moment. We'll start off with a club who uh, they played on Friday night and have been there. This is their third trip into the Round of 32. That would be Lions FC, 2-1 winners. Over Brisbane City there at Corporate Travel Management Stadium. They opened the scoring lines through Finn Beekhurst in the 11th minute. Yuta Hiriyama got a goal back for Brisbane City just before half time. And then Max Mikola with the late penalty. We'll talk about the penalty in a moment, but this was a really tight match, wasn't it? And you could tell that this meant a lot to both sides, given not just what was at stake, but also the historical significance of the, the rivalry between the two sides.
1: Absolutely. It's a, it's a rivalry that's over 50 years old and, uh, it, it, it was a game that, you know, it was a very, very tight for most of the way. Um, the, the one, the one, the early goal that Finn Biko scored, scored, it was, you know, he took, took his chance, um, with, uh, with the, sort of the chances that, there that present itself, and then Udhayarma just before half time to so equalised. So it was. It really came down to it was a really nervy second half, and you always knew that it, if someone didn't take their opportunity, it was going to um, it was go, it was going to go probably the distance, and then uh, sort of a very well, let's just say a dramatic ending to um, to proceedings. Uh, saw uh,
0: Max Mickler to the penalty spot to score the winner. So we'll talk about that in just a moment, but when it got back to one, or I don't know you, but I I thought Brisbane City were going to go on with it. And they certainly look, had a lot of the momentum for the large parts of that second half. And had two or three really really good opportunities, didn't they? And Luke Boring with a couple of outstanding so as We know he's prone to do in a big game. He certainly stood up once again. But City had their chances, didn't they?
1: Uh, look other than the disappointment of actually bowing out from performance wise, you know, Brisbane City have got nothing to be disappointed about from that aspect. They really took it to Lions. And um, yeah, they 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 looked they looked on balance, probably the better team. If it wasn't for you know for, for Luke Borian, who he just seemed to be he just had one of those those usual games where you know he's he's uh, almost uh, unbeatable. And uh especially in the second half. And it just yeah, it was a it was a case of you know, chances and opportunities um, win matches, especially in these uh, Gillette Cup ties.
0: Absolutely, in some of these Classicos in the last couple of years, they've been a bit one-sided in the favour of Lions. So it was great to see a much more even contest on Friday night. But it was decided by a penalty. Actually, before we get to that one, we're going to take a look at penalty or no penalty. Adam, we did this in the after the grand final last year. Think about it, midway through the second half, of Lions player, I think Ethan Doherty was it fouled. Just inside the penalty area, in defensively, he went down. Not long after that, I, I think it was Jarrett, Tommy Jarrett who brought down someone inside the area. Now, I I assume the referee blew play dead because um, Ethan was Ethan Docherty was prone on the pitch. If if play continued, do you reckon that was a penalty? Because I think it was a reasonable shout.
1: Yes, I I think it was. I think this is the one thing that I know. Brisbane City, the Brisbane City supporters were really. Fired up about about whether whether you know, it was a um, penalty, and I think on the balance, you take away the Ethan Docky situation, we'll adjust that in a moment. Um, you take that away in isolation, it's a stonewall penalty. Yeah. Uh, but I th- I got a feeling, and I had not actually you know, with all these sort of these, these sort of games this week, haven't actually a chance to go back and watch the video. But I thought I've got sneaking suspicion the referee might have called that play dead. Before the actual foul happened, you know, to to, to take care of Ethan Docky, he went down with um with an injury. So, and I think that's the explanation because it didn't seem to be much remonstrating from the Brisbane City players on the pitch after the referee explained himself on that. But obviously, the fans were not to know that, so they were sort of really fired up over that in the stands. But I got a feeling that it was a case of the play was blown dead before the the actual um foul was committed.
0: Yeah, that was my reading of it as well because you could certainly see the Brisbane City players. I did go to the referee asking about a penalty, and he pretty clearly, obviously, said the play was dead so I know he gave the symbol signal of that, and the play and the Brisbane City players seemingly accepted that fact. And yeah, I agree. I think it was the right decision because Ethan Doherty was prone on the pitch, and this was about a yard or two from where the actual challenge took place as well. So it was absolutely the correct decision to to blow the play dead, and he was. He was clearly injured, but he did go off with a knee injury, and we wish Ethan all the best in his recovery from that. But I think it was the right decision on that one. Moving on to the one going into stoppage time, I don't think there's any debate this was a foul on Max Mickler. It just wasn't inside the area or not. And it's very, very, um, depending on who you ask, it's uh, it's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, look... uh... I agree with you on, on on first look, and I always refer to what I saw first look. we were probably too far away to actually judge where where the actual foul's committed. Um, but but yeah, it, like I said, there's no question it was a foul. But I think the the. Uh, the stream, as well on the replays, I saw, as well as uh, we saw a photo as well from our good friend Josh Springfield that uh, posted it later in the night. It actually looked like the contact was clearly outside. So, look, it's it's a, hindsight is a wonderful thing, and the, that evidence doesn't really help the confidence of the referee and whatnot. But yeah, I don't, I think in hindsight, I don't think it's a, um, I don't think it's a penalty based on. Where the foul took place, but then again, the referee at the time doesn't have that luxury.
0: Absolutely, and ultimately, Lions are a big, big game club, aren't they? And they it's not been a vintage season for them by any stretch of the imagination, but once again, in the big games and the big moments, they just find a way.
1: They do, and um, that's the one thing about this Lions club is that you're right by their by their standards, this is this has is been a shocking season in the league. Absolutely shocking, you know. It's just in this, in this sort of in there in the MPL era for them, you know, them running in seventh place is almost unthinkable. But uh, the, FF, the FFA Cup now represents a good opportunity to at least you know try and push on you know beyond the round of 32, you know, into the 16, into maybe even a quarter final. Um, because I think that's what they'll be that'll be playing for is uh to at least restore some pride. Look, who knows if the draw opens up and we're told it's an open draw. Who knows how far any of these clubs can go? I, I, I believe on their day they are all, all, uh, well, three at least three of the four clubs from southeast Queensland on their day I think are capable of going deep into into the draw. So we'll we'll see how they go. But um for them especially, um how far they run the FFA Cup in the national stage will determine sort of how successful their season may be. If you can call a cup run a success.
0: Absolutely, I think it'll be in. An- a Cup run is an absolutely, it's always a success to me. If you can get deep into the Cup, it's a, a massive achievement. We asked Darren Simon about that after the game. i told to you what Darren had to say after the game on Friday night as Lions progress to the National Round of 32 in the FFA Cup. Oh, I'm a very happy coach of Lions. I see Darren Simon. Darren, first, congratulations through the FFA Cup Round of 32. What are your thoughts on the
2: achievement of getting there? Because it's a massive, massive to get there, isn't it? It is. It's massive for the club. Um, you know, a lot of people work really hard behind the scenes. You know, you saw tonight we had you know significant uh, part of the stand were, was decked out in orange and blue, which is fantastic. So we're real, really happy for the club, um, and we're looking forward to to who we draw. Um, you've been there before as an assistant. As now getting there for the first time as a head coach. What's that mean to you personally? Oh, listen I'm just happy for the boys. To be perfectly honest with you, you know, it's it's been an interesting year. You know, we've we've drawn conceded uh, late a few times in games um, so for me I'm really really happy that you know yeah we scored late but we, were, we held on and you know it's a real uh, confidence boost for the boys to, to defend the lead. Um, you're getting a bit of um, momentum now is that something you can really look to build on now for the second half of the league season? Mm. Absolutely yeah we have to uh, we'll, we'll sit down during the week and have a bit of a reflection on the, the first round and and uh, have a look at some changes potentially or not but no, I think uh, tonight's win hopefully uh, invigorates a few of the lads, and we'll go from there. Um, in your big games, you always need the big players out, and Luke Warren in particular made a couple of really big saves for you tonight, didn't he? Yeah, he was cool and calm as usual. Um, it's always, as an ex-defender myself, it's always reassuring to have someone like Luca behind you as a defender, because then you, you know, you can take a few more risks, and and you know that you can go and try and win it because he'll uh, he'll pull it out of the corner for you so you know he, he was he was exceptional
0: and just finally what does it mean for the club to be back on the national stage obviously the
2: club's got a rich history and tradition not just recent but long before that as well does it mean to be back on the national stage yeah i mean you know we've got a lot of i think there's a few of the old boys up there in the box tonight that hopefully we did them we did them proud um because they know uh you know the history of the club and it's a it is it's a rich history it's a it's a you know, challenging at times to, to live up with that history but all the boys and myself we relish it, so we're looking forward to it I've got to ask you, I assume you've got no preference on who you prefer to play in the round of 32 just whatever happens? Yeah, absolutely It's uh, we're, uh, we'll be ready, we'll be prepared to, to come up against who we, we draw for sure Congratulations, best of luck going forward in the round of 32 Thanks gentlemen
0: and thank you to Darren for taking time to talk to us once again. We'll move on now, Adam, to the second game down here in South East Queensland. Played on Saturday night up there at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe, and it was once again the home side, Peninsula Power. They've been a, just an immovable force this year in the NPL Queensland. They've done it again in the Cup, Adam. 2-1 winners over Olympic FC. Connor Booth and Andy Pengelly on the score sheet for the home side. Daniel Leck with a goal for the visitors, and this was a game... It was a high stakes game as you'd said this going in and it was two teams who clearly had aspirations of getting to the national round. Clearly there was only one spot available and they it, they played like that, didn't they? That was all on the line and it was a very much a cautious game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This this is this was a, a classic um neither team could afford or want to lose the way the way it was played. And no one no neither team sort of played, you know, caution to the wind stuff. It, it was all calculated. It was all, you know, wait for the opportunity. It was all about patience. And uh, look, it produced technically, it was a really, really good game of football. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure you now that you could say it's a classic game, quite unquote, because, you know, you didn't have sort of all the drama and all the sort of, you know, a massive comeback or all that. But you could tell that on both these sides, this was, as, I, as I've said for weeks now, this was a high stakes game. That's both both teams who needed almost to be to get to the national stage, and at the end of the night, it was Peninsula Power that moves on into the, to the uh, national rounds for the second time in their history.
0: Absolutely, the second time of the end of the round of three, two, 4 Peninsula Power, and they sat back quite a lot in this game. And we've seen in the last couple of weeks they have played this new looked back three formation or back five, whatever you want to want to call it, as they look to change things up there in, at AJ Kelly Park, and that's the most. They've sat back to my eye watching them. Normally they do get forward and create a lot of opportunities. In this game, there was only really one or two opportunities created for Peninsula power. They were ruthless in taking them, but were you a bit surprised by just how much they sat back? Or do you think it's more credit to Olympic for forcing them into that?
1: I actually think watching that, um, I do believe that they paid uh, Olympic's attackers a lot of respect um probably, in my mind actually probably too much respect if, if I'm being honest. That um yeah, because they just they set back it was not only a back a back five, but then you also had the two screeners. So it was basically a seven-man front, a defensive front, and they'll just try and once they got once Connor Booth scored that um the opening goal, they reverted to that. But you're always feeling if if Olympic found um that equalizer. Yeah, it could be, it could be interesting to see what the next step was going to be because um, yeah, they, they still, I think they almost m- mortgaged on the fact that they were going to try to hit an early lead and just try and just strangle Olympic out of the game. And when Daniel Leclerc equalised uh, from from a from a free kick uh, from um, I'm just trying to think who Danny uh,
0: Driver
1: they drive correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. That when they equalised, uh, then you thought, wow, this could this could go any
0: way. Absolutely, but then there was five minutes of madness there, midway through the second half, and Lewis Greenwood was shown a straight red card. It looked like a pretty average challenge on the far side. We were a fair way away from it, but there was no complaints from anyone on the Peninsula side about that when we spoke to people after the game. So it seemed like the correct decision was made there, but just as you would have thought, maybe it just got back into the game, get back to one all-man advantage, push on with it. Not so much. It was a, a pretty clear penalty awarded to Peninsula Power and Andy Pengelly. Steps up and does what he's done all season long, and puts Peninsula power into the round of 32. Yeah,
1: and that that was telling. I know uh, uh, you spoke to uh, Ben Ryan about that in in your interview It will play shortly. But uh, yeah, it was in that after Lewis Greenwood was shown shown a red card, it pretty much behooved potential power. They had to win it in 90. Because I think the longer that game went, if it went to extra time, um, the lesser chance that of them holding Olympic out. So, and even, even after, when, after they scored that goal, it was a case of they were making substitutions that basically said if they could not hold Olympic out, they, they were in trouble. They had, they had to win that in 90. And they defensively, they held up after the um, after penalty, which was, which was about 20 minutes of play plus stoppage time.
0: It was. It was 20 minutes to go in the game when the penalty was scored. And we'll hear from Ben Ryan now. Actually. He actually did say that, to your point, we needed to win the game in 90 minutes after that. And they did make changes at the end of the game to make the team even more stable. So let's hear what Ben had to say after the game on Saturday night as Peninsula Power beat Olympic to progress to the FFA Cup Round of 32. I right, by my assistant coach, Peninsula Power, Ben Ryan. Ben, congratulations through the National Round of 32, the second half of the club. What are your thoughts on that achievement?
3: Uh, we're we're obviously pleased Um, it's uh, it's not every I've just had to say to one of the young lads I said look don't don't take these things for granted because you know you you might not might not get another one for a while so it's uh, yeah great great day today and hopefully we get a a decent draw so that we can enjoy that
0: Um, it is the club's second time you were in it in 2017 you played Melbourne City at home What what are you are you looking forward to another home game in the cup or are you looking forward to I know Earlier you were joking about getting on the plane up to Darwin so Are you looking forward to travelling or do you prefer the home, tie? I um,
3: don't know. I, honestly, I think the way that they, the way that it's um, done this year, I think we can only get Queensland teams or probably like maybe northern New South Wales. Me, personally, I want to get on a plane. I want to have a night away, um, go and sample a, a different state's football. Um, but I don't really care, it's just nice to be there. I think, ultimately, it's nice to go on a run but it doesn't, doesn't really bother us. We're not going to win it. I uh, want to win the league and a cup runs a bit of a bonus. If the, the club get a, a good home draw against an A-League team at some point, we'll, we'll probably take it to Dolphins and get four or 5,000 people there. So from a club's perspective, it'd be nice to get an A-League club, um, but let's do it after we've had a two-hour journey down to Melbourne or something.
0: Sounds like a good plan. The club obviously does have national league ambitions in terms of growing into it. This is a really good step for that as well, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think exposure-wise, probably is. Um, but you know, we're we winning week in week out. Um, I don't necessarily think we we played very well today. Uh, conditions weren't great, but I don't think it was Olympic's best performance. Don't think it was our best performance. Bit scrappy. It was always going to be that kind of that kind of game. Um, sending off, I thought that was going to put us on the back foot. Luckily, I think we scored very quickly. Uh, and allowed us to, to kind of get our shape back with a five at the back. But, uh, yeah, just um, just relieved, I think.
0: Another thing I was going to ask you about, too, about the game in particular was the goal straight after the red card, seemingly straight after the record. That was really important, wasn't it? Because you didn't really get much yeah. of a chance to adjust in terms of that. Well, the other side did, really, because you weren't able to make any changes in that. Yeah. It I mean, was pretty much straight after two that. Two or
3: three minutes, I think. Um, and I'd, as soon as it, you know, the red card happened, we were kind of debating system, personnel, I said, look, we, we have to win this in 90 minutes. Now, we're, if it goes extra time, we're really going to struggle because we've done a lot of running. So we were always going to have a go in the 90 minutes. Um, and then obviously, given the the fact we've got to go straight away, it probably has allowed us to, to sit back a bit, which was probably perfect for us at that stage.
0: And just finally, you mentioned the league is still the priority. That was a win tonight over the team sitting currently second on the table. Is that a nice little psychological boost going into the second half of the year?
3: No, I think it'll give them... Uh, Give them a bit of, bit of bite when they come back here in about three or four weeks' time. Um, yeah, uh, they're the team who's going to chase us down, I think. And uh, for me, they're the best team. So we expect that they'll they'll push all the way. We just have to keep, you know, game to game, and hopefully it's enough.
0: Oh, well, what's nice, congratulations and season, best of luck in the national round thirty two. Cheers, Tar. that's what Ben Wright had to say there after the game on Saturday night. Thank you to Ben once again for taking the time to talk to us. Move on to what I'm going to call, Adam, the true magic of the cup. Edge Hill United from Cairns through to the national round of 32. 3-1 winners over Magpies Crusaders United. Two goals from Ryan Murray, one from Ben McDonald, and a goal from Magpies from Kyron Walters. Adam, this was... it, it's an upset. There's no doubt about it. We'll talk about the pedigree of some of the players in Edge Hill in a minute, but for a team from the Far North Queensland Premier League like Edge Hill to beat Magpies as an NPL side on their own patch, that's a massive result and it's a huge credit and congratulations to them for achieving that
1: yeah look um yeah you're right I, I i sort of feel on paper that it wasn't as big an upset as it's being made out, but but absolutely as far as sort of you know strength of competition goes yeah a team in the uh in the north Queensland, from far north queensland advancing through to the national rounds over an m p l side uh yeah look that an achievement and upset itself um yeah looking congratulations to. them. Um, yeah, it's like I said. It's all of a sudden become a very, very desirable uh, cup tie for uh, a lot of a lot of teams.
0: Absolutely, there was plenty of joking around last night about wanting to go to Darwin, wanting to go to <laughs> the but You just maybe maybe Cairns might be an equally a, a popular destination now because you're right. It's going to be a very, very popular away trip now. I Remember last time the, when um, the cup was played in 2019. The whole joke was everyone wanted to play Coomer and everyone wanted to play Magpies Crusaders and they drew each other, which was I thought was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> but this time, I think Edge Hill will be a place where everyone wants to go and play. And we saw a lot of these players are from the Kansas City. So I'm looking at it now. There's five players there that I can count who were regulars for Kansas City when they were in the NPL a few years ago and they made five straight trips. To the round of 32, so they know what this is all about, not So, while it is an upset, you're right. There's a lot of experience in this Edgehill side that will serve them well going forward into the round of 32. Yeah,
1: and that that experience starts with um with uh, Captain Coast Chris O'Hare, who um like a, a synonymous name with Cairns football, uh, and especially with Far North Queensland, eat and and uh, Cairns FC. And it was it was his uh, free kick. Because he free, his free kick it actually took took a yellow card for time wasting and then he then his free kick found uh, Ryan Murray to to score what would be the ceiling goal at three at three one, um so so yeah look uh, a remarkable achievement as well but uh, Josh Taylor as well uh, the striker he's he's been he's been there before uh, and a couple of other players as well so it's, it's also that's. It's not like they're going to go into the national round with you know, eyes wide open you know, and just happy to be there. I actually think that a few of them might actually think, you know what, we get a favourable draw. There's no reason why you know, round of two
0: participants can't be round of 16 and beyond. Absolutely. And the thing is, it might be the, might be the place everyone wants to book, monks. So, oh, I really hope we draw can- Edge Hill away so we can go to Cairns for a couple of days. But that might also play into their bene- benefit for them, because people might be more more focused on the holiday aspect of it as opposed to the football. And it's not an easy place to go to, Kansas, at this time of year because it is much hotter up there than it is down here in Southeast Queensland or any other part of Australia. So it's no sure thing that they are... I think they have a decent chance of getting through. We saw Magpies were able to do it a few years ago. So there's no doubt that the Northern Zone can produce teams that can get to the Round of 16.
1: Yeah, well, look, let's let's not forget now in 2018 that uh, Cairns FC gave Sydney FC um, a lot of trouble before before obviously then the experience of that side. I think it was actually Steve Corick's first game in charge of Sydney FC. And we've seen what they've gone and done in the last three years and they're they're through to another A-League Grand Final. Uh surprise, surprise. But um but yeah they actually did did cause some trouble you know to them. So if they were to get you know another member Federation club, um especially even uh, from what we're hearing and perhaps a local like either Queensland club or Northern New South Wales clubs, so we hear that the round of 32 will be um, a regionalised draw. Uh, there, there's every there's every chance that, you know, especially if it's drawn at at home, they could spring an upset. But also as well, they did go to Mackay and, and qualify. So there's no reason they may not be able to come to Brisbane or go to Newcastle and, um, and you know, spring an upset
0: to be heard about that. You mentioned that to me last time. I really hope that doesn't happen. I understand the reasons for it, potentially, but we'll talk about that later on. Speaking of Cairns, that game against Sydney, you mentioned well, that was actually a round of 16 tie. They beat Armadale FC 4-0 at home in the round of 32 and then got through to play Sydney in the round of 16 oh, and it was 2-1 absolutely. and they actually took the lead in that game and led for a fair portion of it as well. So they did take it up to Sydney FC that night and I'm sure they'll be looking forward to having another opportunity. Some of these players who were they at Cairns now, at Edge Hill now, looking forward to having another opportunity in the round of 32 once again, in a few weeks to find out who they're going to play. Moving on to the final game of the weekend in the FFA Cup, the final spot was was going to the coast. Adam, it was Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast, and you were down there and it went to the Gold Coast. Gold Coast Knights four, Sunshine Coast Wanderers nil, Gold, two goals from Curtis Stollery, Kai Pardo and Marek Madley. It was pretty comfortable for Gold Coast Knights, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and I think the worst thing that could have happened for Sunshine Coast uh, Wanderers was the fact that they did play um, Gold Coast Knights in the league last Sunday, and from all reports from that game, um, Gold Coast Knights they they, blew, they pretty much blew uh, Sunshine Coast away in, in in about ten in about ten fifteen minute period in the first half. But then they sort of they that Sunshine Coast then actually got back into that game before. Um, Gold Coast Knights, um, sort of you know put the foot down again. So, but I think the problem was that pretty much showed the game plan actually showed that they could actually be a threat. And obviously, Adam Porridge, has side, really sort of you know they did their homework, and yeah, they weren't they weren't going to allow uh, Sunshine Coast any any chances. And it was played like that; they pretty much dominated for most of that.
0: They did, and it was. It's a continuation of a very very dominant. Cup run for Gold Coast Knights. It's um fourth straight home game, and they haven't not to a goal in the cup run so far. So they're absolutely flying Gold Coast Knights in the cup, and there's not a lot more we can say about this game. Is that Sunshine Coast? They were not to a point. It really was difficult for them. that had to the position they find themselves in the league, where they're pushing for a top four position. They couldn't afford to just throw the game away. Last week and all in on the cup here and. It's just it's the worst thing that can happen is that when you play the same team in the span of seven days.
1: It is, yeah, and um, look, I feel feel a bit sorry for them to be honest, um, because I said that they've been they've been in great form up until they ran into Gold, Gold Coast Knights. Uh, uh, they they said so haven't have seen them play for, for live for the first time in a while. Look, they they they've got signs. They've a very very good side, very technically a good side. But yeah, now Gold Coast Knights at the moment they're they're at another level. So um, they they they're going to be very very dangerous in um, in the. If cup, especially defensively, Josh Langdon. Um, it, and I'll say with this is that it wasn't from like a try from Sunshine Coast War, well, but Josh Langdon uh, for for mine at the moment, it's probably the best shot stopping keeper in the MPL at the moment. He, he made some great saves um, tonight as well, and uh, yeah, that in that defence they have at the moment, they, they're they're going to be hard to sort of really um, knock over, especially playing sort of in cup style football where you know they just play they just play just shut down defence.
0: And talking about Cup experience, they've got it in absolute space. majority of these players, you know, they were in the FA Cup as Gold Coast Knights two years ago, but they've been, or three years ago now, well, sorry, they've been, a lot of these players were part of the old Gold Coast City and Palm Beach side, which went on countless runs through deep into the competition. So you talk about Cup experience, this side's got it in space. But 16 goals scored, Adam, none conceded, through to the round of 32 for the second time. Let's hear what Adam Porridge had to say after the game this evening down there at the Correction Sports
4: Centre.
1: I'm joined by the coach of Gold Coast Knights, Adam and Porridge. Uh, firstly, congratulations on qualifying for the uh, national rounds the second time. Well, what does it mean to obviously to qualify for the national stage of the FFA Cup?
4: Oh, I think it's um, it's a special event. Obviously, you know you're to get, You've got the possibility of playing A-League size, which which all the players want to do get themselves in the shop window. And if they can produce, you know, this is probably the best year that that, that an NPL club or a an association club could actually win it. So I think it's a massive deal to get into it this year.
1: Obviously, uh, four games, not conceding a goal throughout. Is that, was that something that's sort of, um, I guess, spoken about, is the defensive side and the attack will just uh, take care of itself?
4: Uh, look, I, for us, it's the defensive role is always going to be difficult. You know, well, we've got no actual recognised centre-backs. So for us to, to keep clean sheets, it's always going to be one. You know, we've got a we've got a great attacking lineup, but we need to put the combination together, and and, and slowly we're getting there. You know, we're not too far away from actually getting it right.
1: Um, you played Sunshine Coast last week in the in the league. Did that help? Obviously, the preparation against them, you know, for this uh, this match.
4: Oh yeah! Look, I think they, they showed their game plan from last week. Um, you know, we, we still had players coming back into the squad. Austin and Ludwig, you know, he was he, very good at what he does when he gets in the park. Curtis Stollery, you know, he's, he was outstanding again tonight. So, look, I, I think they showed their hand last week, and they were just, uh, I wouldn't say going through the motions, but you know, it was it was very predictable of what they were going to do.
1: Obviously, thinking ahead to uh, the national stage now. Um, I guess a cliche question, is there any preference of who you'd like to see? Would you want another um, member federation club or would you want an A-league club here?
4: I'll take the trip up the Cairns, apparently on a Wednesday <laughs> night, it's quite fun. So yeah, we'll take that.
1: Anyway, congratulations and uh, enjoy, enjoy your time in the, uh, the national round.
4: No worries, thanks so much. Yeah. Cheers. So that was with Adam Porridge
0: down there on the Gold Coast this evening. And Adam will talk about the FA Cup quickly so we know the five teams in it now from Queensland We know Brisbane Roar qualified with their finish in the A-League it was no certainty this year previously they were an automatic qualifier. this year they had to own it with a top 10 finish they certainly achieved that and we now know the four member federation sides joining them and it looks to strong feel particularly the three sides from down in the south southeast Queensland zone Lions Gold Coast and Peninsula Power I think we can look to those three sides and think if the draw is favourable to them, they have every chance of progressing reasonably well into this competition. Edge Hill, we know, is a different case given they are a, they are a Far North Queensland side playing in a local-based competition. It's a wonderful story, but those three from the NPL down here, we I think we can look to those three and think they can go, go reasonably far in this competition.
1: Yeah, and I think that the, the trick is that they don't run each, into each other in the round of three. So I think that that's what it comes down to. Because uh, if if they're in separate parts of the draw, especially in the open draw uh, in the round of sixteen, they they could do a lot of damage. Um, I, I think I think be, I, I send this word of warning down to you know the likes of MPL Victoria, MPL New South Wales are probably all full of themselves thinking that this is going to be you know a cakewalk for them. Be very wary of these Queensland teams because they will mix it with those sides, um, you know, th- through you know, if they if they run into them in the later rounds. So uh, it's a different story if it's an A-League club. Um, but yeah, look, if they if they get a run of member federation clubs, I, I, I am very confident that the that these three uh, sides of Southeast Queensland can really really do some damage. Um, as far as Edge Hill goes, look again, the draw will be very very speculative to them. Um, Look, maybe they, maybe you know, they may have one fairy tale in them, but we'll never know. And look, Brisbane Raw, again, the A League clubs—it's just so hard to know what their ambitions are going to be, where they're at. Um, as far as you know, their their preparations for the new A League season for them, for, for them, normally the A League season is probably a priority, and the cup is sort of seen as a um, seen as a lead-in, especially if the rumours are true that it's going to be a November kickoff. Uh it'll be very, very interesting to see and I think again the draw will, will be what sort of determines the factors about how far they go. So look overall for Queensland teams, I've been very confident we can at least get one, you know, sort of deep into the say the quarterfinals and then who knows beyond that. Very
0: disappointed in you right now, by the way. So- Victorian teams need to be wary. They've, they've been scouting this competition thoroughly for years. What are I you talking know. about? They're well aware of all the talent up here. They've got half of it. <laughs> they're playing in Victoria now, so they're well aware We've
1: of got, the talent they've up they've here. They've got half the, Lions, the old Lions team down there. so They
0: do. But I, I do think you know, right, the, there is a very good chance that the, that, the, that we can get at least one side through a couple of rounds and into the quarter. Again, we'll have to wait and see with the with the open draw. And if it is a true open draw or if it's regionalised, which hopefully it's not, but I understand if it has to be this year. But I do those four sides have a great, or five sides have a great chance of progressing into the competition. And we look forward to covering that in the next couple of months as it kicks off. We'll move on now. There was some league games played this weekend. And we'll, there was a full round in NPR. Women's we to round 14. And there's, uh, there's some big scores here. We'll go through them all now quickly. Gold Coast United, seven. South West Quinton, Thunder, nil. South United, four. Virginia United, nil. Olympic FC, seven. Peninsula Power, nil. Eastern Suburbs, three. Mitchelton, nil. Lions eight QAS nil, Kapalabar five, Sunshine Coast Wanderers one, Logan three, gap nil, and Western Pride four, Brisbane City two. And we'll, we'll focus on that game there, Adam. It was it's been a big week at Brisbane City. They had a coaching change midweek with Ski Hannafin moving on and I imagine they would have been that's this isn't the outcome they have been hoping for under the new coach. they would have been looking for that famed new coach bounce back.
1: Yeah, and this this loss has gone I'm in uh, tremendous peril as far as their top eight hopes go because uh, that, that loss now sees them five points behind uh, Western Pride, the side that, that beat them. And uh, yeah, they need to start winning very, very soon. Um, I'm just sorry, going through who they play next. Uh, bear with me. So they've got Logan Lightning at home next week. And again, another side that's that's still chasing a potential top eight berth. So the rot that they're on at the moment, it needs to stop if they've got any hopes of uh, reaching the top eight.
0: Well, they've got Logan Lightning at home, Olympic at home, and East away. So they're three games there, teams in and around them on the table. So the the opportunity is there for them to be able to do that. But you're right, there is a big gap now developing in the top top seven, it is actually that. Top seven plus the QAS will go through to the top half in the NPL women's when the competition splits in three weeks time and that gap is that gap is building a bit now, particularly back to teams like Brisbane City down there in eleventh on sixteen points. It's now a five point gap between them and Western Pride in seventh. So that result there is absolutely huge. We'll go through the table quickly now to what we're talking about. Lions are see, they secured their spot last weekend, so they're through on 37 points. South United joined them, Adam. They're the second team guaranteed to be in the top top eight when the competition splits on 30 points. You've got Kapalabar, 29, Morton Bay, 26, Gold Coast United, 25, East, 22, Western Pride, 21. That's the top seven as it stands at the moment. And just outside, you've got Olympic SC on 20 points. They're up into eighth place. Down one place, Spiky Sunshine Coast Wanderers into ninth. They're on 18 points, but Still well and truly in the mix and you got QAS on in te- on in tenth on seventeen, you got Brisbane T as mentioned and Mitchelton, Logan, Virginia, the Gap, all desperately needing points at this stage. And you've got Thunder and Peninsula Power who have already been eliminated from the contention. So it's there's three weeks to go. It's Looks like to me, Adam, a battle between three sides there for that final spot between Western Pride, Olympic and Sunshine Coast. Is, it, is that the way you see it? Or do you, can you see some one of the other teams further down picking up enough points to move back into contention?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm thinking that that's probably the, the primary battle for that last spot, for that seventh spot uh, between Western Pride, uh, Olympic and Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Uh, Olympic, I, I figured, you know, maybe the favourite to finish seventh. Um, they're, they're taking a bit of a hit in their sort of playing stocks with uh, Angela Beard, um, leaving leaving for uh, Fortuna Hjoring in, I want to say uh, Denmark. In
0: Denmark. With
1: Denmark, England. yes, the, the India Page uh club. So apparently... Um, she she was she was due to go back to Melbourne Victory in a couple of weeks' time, um, but she, she signed she signed uh, for the overseas contract and she's she's off that. So that that might um, be a bit of a setback for them. But I still think they've got enough they've got enough quality to be able to maybe perhaps grab that last spot. Uh, but also as well, Sunshine Coast that that big loss uh, that that sets them back a little bit. And I thought and that may be you now again that we'll see how they they react next week. Be, beyond that. Yeah, Brisbane City's probably about the only other club I see that could potentially, um, you know, get back into that race. But again, they've got to start winning.
0: I see. Well, I'll go through the runs home for you quickly, Adam. Western Pride have got Gold Coast United away this weekend and then Virginia away and then Lions FC at home. So it's a tough finish for Western Pride. You've got Olympic have got the Gap at home, Brisbane City away and Gold Coast United away and Sunshine Coast Wanderers have got Mitchelson at home, Peninsula Power at home and the Gap away. So of the, of the run-ins, you'd have to say... Sunshine Coast probably yeah. have the most favourable, but it's going to be very, very tight for that final spot, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and uh, I think that game two weeks' time, Olympic versus Brisbane City, I think that's shaping up as almost, almost I was going to say kingmaker, but queenmaker game, I'd say, as far as that goes, because they um, that, that could pretty much be the um, deciding factor. But, uh, yeah... Uh, yeah, Sunshine Coast—they seem to have the uh, best best run home. Should they perform? Thought we know they can.
0: Absolutely. we we'll, we'll, we'll got there's one catch-up game midweek to be played. we we'll plenty of catch-up games to be played over the weekend, but there's still one to be played midweek. It's a the a women's match between Capalaba seed traveling to Gold Coast United. So I'd like to see what happens in that one. Should be very That's interesting a big midweek. Game, that one. It most certainly is. Speaking of big mid, big big catch-up games, NPL men's only one game played this weekend, obviously with. With cup competitions going on, Adam, it was a one-all draw down the Gold Coast between Eastern Suburbs and Gold Coast. You know, Riley Thompson King on the score sheet for Gold Coast United, and I forgot who scored for Eastern Suburbs. Now, so I was going to mention that. I might have a look for you, but it's a result which doesn't help either side overly, but it's a handy point for both.
1: Yeah, look, it's one more point for for each uh, for for each side that probably gets them so just a little bit closer away from the uh, relegation battle, and that's going to look like that's going to be a. Four club race for three spots to go down.
0: It is and it was Josh Pinn on the goals on the score sheet for Eastern Suburbs there. Two games played this afternoon actually in FQPL, two round two catch-up games. Wynnum Wolves were having their 100th anniversary celebration at Carmichael Park and it was gate crashed by the Holland Park Hawks. 3-1 winners there for the Hawks over Wynnum Wolves and then the other game up on the Sunshine Coast Western Pride came from a goal down to beat Sunshine Coast Fire by three goals to two. so. Really important result that for both sides. They're Holland and Parker they're at the bottom of the table currently, but that's a that's a result which could potentially springboard them into a at least into the fight to stay up into FQPL one this year. And Western Pride they needed the win, didn't they?
1: Yeah, Western Pride as far as their their um top four hopes. That's uh, that's a big win for them because that, that gives them that extra the extra win. Um, I think I believe they're up into fourth now. Well, yeah, they're, they're still, on fourth the, on
0: 18 points, so they're still a fair way behind the top three. But it's, it's consolidates their final spot in Holland Park for the record. Are uh, still at the bottom of the table on seven points, but they're much closer to the survival race than they were previously.
1: And also it keeps uh, it drags Wolves down back into that that race as well because um, Wolves are starting to show uh, with obviously with uh, that coach we've never heard of before uh frank farina or whatever his name is yeah no in all in all seriousness um yeah they, they seem to be finding form under frank frank farina so that's a bit of a setback for them so they're gonna fight they're gonna fight um hard you know to, to stay in that so that, that battle the relegation battle that's going to be a very very interesting one as far as um as far as, as sort of the run home, because, uh, yeah, three teams to go down to the, the League of Goals and No Defence, uh, FQPL2, it's, go, it's going to be interesting.
0: Well, speaking of the League of, what do you call it, all goals and no defence, FQPL2, <laughs> yeah, like there was one game played in that competition this week as well. It was a round five catch-up match between North Star and Cabalta, and it was a one-all draw there at um, at O'Callaghan Park, and it actually doesn't change the table too much. It makes it a two-point gap now from Capalaba down to Grange Stissel, so probably a good result for Grange Stissel, actually.
1: Yeah, I also I think Taringa might be um, pretty pleased with that. Sure They've they been idle as well because that's uh, that we're, we're thinking that might have been a gimme three points for Caboolture uh, as far as their march towards. Um, to the much there the uh, Premiership, but uh, yeah, that's that's two points dropped for Caboolture, and also it's on North Star that puts them back in the race uh, for the top four. I think I, I got a feeling that that top four race is going to come down to to North Star and Magic United. So so yeah, that that's a that's a big point for them, but uh, more important, that's two points dropped for Caboolture.
0: It is, and it's a two point gap between Caboolture and Grain Sissel. And you've got Turinga on 20, or 28 for Caboolture, 26 for Grain Sissel, 23 for Turinga and Northstar on 16. So Magic, 14, and the rest are a fair way back. So there is a battle there for that fourth spot in FQPL2. But at the top, it looks like it's going to be an interesting second half of the year. No doubt about that. There's still, in terms of catch up games, still to be played out. there is still a couple coming up. As was mentioned the MPL women's match from round three. Gold Coast and Capella, but that will be played on the 23rd of June. So midweek this week, then next week, you've got Peninsula Power and Gold Coast United around three men's catch up game to be played up there at AJ Kelly Park. And then later on in the year, the Sunshine Coast Wanderers will play Magpies Crusaders. And I think it's in August. So there's those only three catch up games still. So we're pretty much caught up at which is a good thing as we enter the second half of the season starting next week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Obviously I've had, had good weather as well. So, uh, for the last of you know, a couple, you know, a couple, actually more than a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Uh, so, so yeah, it obviously it's allowed those games to be caught up because it is it is hard to project one when you've got a, you got know, a heap of catch up games. Trying to figure out where teams are on the ladder, it does make it very very difficult to figure out where where they are. So, the fact that you now we're nearly caught up at the halfway stage of the season, and there's no there's no guarantees that every game's been played, and it's 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 uh, allocated time slot and day you know, going forward, but at least it helps.
0: It most certainly does. And you said the weather's been favorable. I disagree given some of the temperatures we endured this weekend, particularly up at AJ Oakley Park. Park. Oh, I digress away from that altogether. And I'll ask Adam before we wrap this up, who was your performer of the week?
1: Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, Ryan Murray's two goals for Edge Hill. Um, again, I think it's a, a remarkable achievement for that club. And, uh, Welcome to not only like no, not only to sort of the attention of all of us down here in Queensland, but I would believe that uh, they would be a very very favoured story for Paramount Plus uh, when once they start their coverage of the FA Cup.
0: And they'll be a very, very popular club among the rest of the FFA Round, of 32, round of 32 qualifiers. So, hey, can we come and play you in the Round of 32? Because I'm sure everyone would love to go up there. I would have said Ed Shields, well, but I'll go different. I'll go with Luke Boreen. I thought he was fantastic in goal yeah. on Friday night for for Lions SC against Brisbane. City. The beanie is back, and it's good to see him back making a couple of massive saves. Adam,
1: it is. Um, like I said look, Luke Boreen, another character, um, another character that yeah, yeah, but. I said he'd character one thing, but you now as a goalkeeper, he's still, he's still one of the best in the league. There's no, there's no doubt about that.
0: Absolutely. And league action does begin again next weekend. I believe there are ways to Gold Coast night. That should be a very interesting clash next week. And we might talk about that again on the show next weekend. For now, Adam, thanks for joining me. Yep. Thanks Scott. So that'll do it for this edition of the Brisbane footballers NPL Sunday show focusing on the FA Cup this week, but we're we'll back focusing on the league action next weekend. So we'll talk to you then.